Hey, this is Evan Black, pastor of Faith for Life Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you don't yet know Jesus, I'm so glad that you're listening, and I pray that this message empowers you to give your life to Christ. If you're just starting out in your journey with Jesus, I hope this empowers you to connect with Him. If you're strong in your connection to Christ, I believe this message will empower you to follow Him. So enjoy today's message. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. Now, if you um, have been at this church any amount of time, then, you know, I jokingly talk about you need to have some sports awareness to be able to get all the revelation because I'm a sports guy, right? Like, so you need to know a little bit about sports to really understand all of the illustrations, uh, to definitely understand the jokes, to understand um, (laughs) how God is kind of leading me and speaking to me to connect this thing with that thing. A week ago today, uh, one of the most dramatic events in sports history happened, um, with Kobe Bryant and his daughter, Gigi, and, and I guess seven other people um, dying in a helicopter crash last Sunday morning. And uh, I, I, I didn't really plan on, as that, as that happened, talking about it in church and as you go on social media and you, you read all this stuff. And uh, I started to see that many of you all were genuinely impacted by this. Uh, I I mean, I saw many of you all talking about actually shedding tears over this situation and over him and his daughter and and those other passengers uh, passing away. And and I could feel the hurt and the pain um, for those maybe guys who didn't necessarily admit to tears, but were clearly impacted by this. And I had a lot of thoughts about that scenario. Um, I, I wasn't necessarily a big Kobe Bryant fan, although you got to respect his his skill level on the basketball court. Since then, you know, you've read, if you're on social media, you've read a lot of pros and cons, right? Some, some, some people that have just um, uh, magnified all of his accomplishments. And there's been some people that have magnified some of his shortcomings, and, and, and there's been a lot of focus on this and a lot of hurt and pain on this. One of the things that I first thought of, um, because he was with his daughter, is I, I, I thought of the moment that they realized that the helicopter was going down. You know, the moment when it doesn't matter that you've won five NBA championships doesn't matter that you have a multi-million dollar home. Doesn't matter that you're one of the best basketball players of all time. It doesn't matter that you spent your whole life working hard for these, these, these accomplishments. That this moment when there is nothing that he can do. And it's not in his hands. And it's not based on how hard he worked or how good he was. This moment where surely he knows it's over. And he's, and he's in this helicopter with his daughter. I, 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 don't, I don't know why 
my brain went this way, but this is one of the first things I thought. I thought, what, how would I respond if that was me and one of my kids? Like there's nothing you can do. And you know within seconds, within minutes, it's over. And that's when I got emotional. Because I could see myself there. I'm sure there's these moments of, okay, what can we do? What's going on? Chaos. But then there's got to be this moment of inevitability where you don't really know how you would respond in that moment unless you're in that moment. But I, I, I just saw myself being able to grab any one of my kids and hold them and know that we're going to see Jesus. Like, I, 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 I like to think that, that that last moment would actually be a moment of calm and peace because we have an assurance that as this ends, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I, I, I would like to believe that in that moment of assurance that we would have this calm together that what we were about to experience is far greater and far better than anything we've ever experienced here on the earth. I would like to think that in that last moment, at least there could be some comfort for us in being able to know that that wasn't the end. Since then, we've, we, if you've had the TV on or any social media, you've seen all the, the honoring of Kobe Bryant and Gigi, but, but really Kobe. And, and the, other, the other people that were on that plane read a lot of quotes, but this one, I mean, this the first time I saw it, it jumped out at me. Kobe was being interviewed, and they were asking him how he wants to be remembered, and he, he said this. He said, I've always said that I want to be remembered as a player who didn't waste a moment, didn't waste a day. And as this happened, I was like, God, are you serious? Like, <laughs> this year we're focusing on every moment. I've never heard this quote from Kobe. I've never, uh, I'm not a huge Kobe fan. I've never heard Kobe say this, but here he is saying, like, I want to be the player that never wasted a moment, never wasted a day. And I'm like, God, this is exactly what you've been saying to us, to be ready in every moment to know that he's with us in every moment, to recognize there's purpose in every moment. For the rest of our time, I want to read from Matthew chapter 24, beginning in verse 36. This is Jesus, and he's talking about his return. He says, but concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. For as, we, as were the days of Noah, so we will be the coming of the Son of Man. 
So here, Jesus is saying, listen, the day that I will return the second time, the day um, that I will come and I will come for my people, nobody knows the day, nobody knows the hour, but I can tell you this, it will be like the days of Noah. Now, I'd encourage you to go back and read Genesis chapter 6 through at least chapter 9, and you read about Noah and the days of Noah. And in the days of Noah, the people had completely left God, and they had become wicked. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, it says, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually that these people before uh before noah and the flood during that time these people were evil they had not just evil actions and evil words but they had evil thoughts and evil intentions and they had become wicked and so because of that you all know the story god is going to uh wipe out the earth and he finds Noah, who is a man who is right with him. And so he gives Noah very in specific instructions to build this boat and to bring the animals and his family. And, and only the people that were on the boat and only the animals on the boat survived the flood. But, but here's what I want to remind you about is when Noah, during this time, seeing all these wicked people, Noah was telling people that they needed to repent, that they needed to come to God, that this flood was coming. These people, they were not only wicked, but they didn't know anything about a flood we have no record of a flood we have no record of actually rain even coming before this moment we, the, the bible talks about the dew of the ground but it never talks about the rain coming before the flood so here's this guy saying hey you guys are wrong you're wicked you need to get right with god there's a flood coming and they're like a what a flood what is that well you know it's when water comes down from heaven what They'd never seen that. They'd never experienced that. And here is Noah telling them and telling them and telling them, but they wouldn't listen. They wouldn't listen. Maybe some of them didn't listen because they didn't want to listen. Maybe some of them didn't listen because they'd never heard of a flood. They didn't know what a flood was. But regardless of the fact of whether or not they listened, it did not stop the flood from coming. Regardless of the fact if they understood what a flood was or what rain was, it did not stop the flood from coming. In verse 38, it says, for as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware, they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the son of man. They were eating and drinking and, and marrying and giving in marriage. And they were unaware, even though Noah was telling them. They were unaware until it was too late. They were unaware until the moment that the flood came and it was too late. See, they were so focused on eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage that those moments they had prepared for, those moments they were uh, connected to, those moments they were engaged in and they had lost sight of the more important moments, the spiritual moments, the moments when the man of God is speaking, that they need to repent, that they need to turn, that they are wrong. They discounted those moments and they valued these natural moments. These natural moments that brought them pleasure of eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. These moments that are necessary, right? Like for you to continue to live, you need to eat and drink. For mankind to continue to move forward, we need to get married in God's way to Reproduce. 
These things are essential and even enjoyable. But the moment that you start putting more emphasis on the natural moments and, and, and discounting the spiritual moments are the moments that you begin to put yourself in danger of not being ready for the ultimate moment. They were eating, they were drinking, they were marrying, they were giving in marriage until that time they were unaware. They were unaware. There are so many people that we are going to encounter when we leave this place that are unaware that Jesus is coming back. They have done a good job of preparing their meals, their drinks, (laughs) their marriages even, their day-to-day, their natural obligations and even enjoyments, and they are unaware of the spiritual moment that is coming when Jesus returns. And just because they're unaware doesn't mean that he's not coming back. Just because their priorities are mixed up doesn't mean that he's not coming back. They didn't know the flood was coming. They were focused on other things, but it did not keep the flood from coming, just like it's not going to keep Jesus from coming back. Then when we keep reading, it says, then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one left. Man, there is a day of division. There is a day of separation. The Bible talks about in the New Testament this, this wheat and tares. They give these different examples, but there is a day of division and separation, and that day of division and separation is not based on race. It's not based on class. It's not based on location. It's based on believer and unbeliever. And how sad is this that two men would be in a field working together side by side. Two women would be grinding in the mill side by side. And when Jesus comes back in that moment, that one of them is left behind. Man. As a much joy as you would receive being a believer and being in the field or in the meal or in the mall or, or, or taking calls or at the bank or wherever it is that you work. As much joy as you would receive to be snatched up, to go to heaven in that moment. How sad is it that somebody that you were working hand in hand, side by side, would be left behind. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder how many Christians need to reevaluate our attitude and our perspective when we go to work. What would happen if just Christians would stop being so frustrated because our coworkers get on our nerves and start seeing them as somebody that I don't want to be left here when Jesus returns. Not even because I like them. You don't gotta like them. You don't have to get along with them. They, they, they don't have to, you know, correctly believe that Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time. They don't, they don't have to know that the Falcons are winning the Super Bowl next year. Like, they, they don't have to be smart. 
You don't have to get along with them. To have a heart and a passion to want to say, I don't want you to go to hell. I, I, I want to make sure that whatever field, whatever mill I'm working in when Jesus returns, that it's not just me. That's that, like This will be the unique one we're all going. That there'll be nobody left to work the field. There'll be nobody left to grind the mill. Like you're going to have to get somebody else in here because we're all going. Because if you're around me, the only way you don't go is if you choose. But you're not going to be unaware. And listen, listen, I, I, I'm the pastor. I got a microphone. I got, I got all this stuff. And like I'm saying this like, like yeah, like I, I'm not great at this. I got to get better at this. I miss moments. I probably miss too many moments. When I hang out with some of y'all, 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 y'all magnify how many moments I miss because you're better at this than me. This is not something that naturally is comfortable for me or naturally part of like who I am. I love Jesus. I'll talk about Jesus. But there, there, there are moments that I miss And I give myself a break and I just go throughout my day like, ah. When we first started faith groups here, and man, I'm so out of time. I've told this story recently, but I don't think I've told it to y'all. Maybe I have. Anyways, when we first started faith groups here, um, I started the first faith group because I, I believe in faith groups. I believe not just in what God does in them, but I believe it's God's plan for us to meet in settings like this, but also to meet in circles and in homes. And our faith group was meeting at a restaurant right around the corner here. And, um, and we probably met, I don't know, three or four times. And the manager of this restaurant would come in. He'd come in every time and he'd say something to us and say, thanks for being here. And he was always really, really nice. And um, we came one time, this is just the way I remember it. Some of you guys were in that group. So if I'm messing the story up, this is just the way I remember it. We came one time and he wasn't there and we asked like, hey, so where's, where's the manager? You know, it's like first time he hasn't come and said anything to us. And, and the, the waiter goes, oh, you didn't hear? You know, that's never good. And the waiter goes on to tell us that I believe he was in a car accident and had passed away like the week before. And immediately I thought, this guy was coming into our Bible studies and he was appreciative and he was talkative. And, and you know what we did? Oh, yeah, thanks, man. We're so glad to be here. Thank you so much. And then kind of like, let us get back to our Bible study. Like, we got to study our Bible here. We, we got we to grow closer to God in these moments. And I, I don't know. I didn't talk to every guy in that group, but I talked to a few like, hey, I never even talked to this guy about Jesus. Did you? Like, No. I didn't either. No, I didn't either. Now, I don't know. I, I pray that this guy knew Jesus, and maybe I'm messing the story up, and maybe when he would come in, he'd be telling us about Jesus. I just don't remember it that way. Maybe he was saved, and he's in, I don't know. I don't know. But, 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 man, I don't want anybody in my fields staying here when God takes me up. I don't want anybody in my mills staying here when God takes me up. Whether you like them or not, you have an obligation. It's part of the reason that you are still on this earth to make sure that nobody in your fields or your mills are left here when God takes you up. 
If they are left here, it's only because they chose to. It's not because they were unaware. And these moments, we prepare for these moments of eating and drinking and doing these natural things, but are we prepared for these spiritual moments that God places in our lives? In verse 42, it says, therefore, stay awake, for you do not know what day your Lord is coming. Man, if we would just stay awake, if we would just stay alert, if we would just stay ready. Verse 43, but know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. We all get this. Listen, if somebody, if they say somebody is coming to your house at 11.15 tonight to rob you, to break in and take everything you have, well, guess what? You're going to be ready. And those of y'all from Detroit, you're really going to be ready because I've lived in Detroit. Almost stabbed my niece one time for showing up at my house unexpected. I was at the top of my stairs. I happened to have a knife in my hand, and she she just opened the door. Next thing, you know, I'm like, whoa, whoa, this Detroit has no, 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 no. <laughs> but listen, if somebody, if you know at this time somebody's coming to take all your stuff to harm your family, like you're gonna prepare for that. They are not gonna be successful. And if you can't if you can't protect yourself, you're not gonna be there. I don't know how, I, was, I saw something online, this, I don't think this was new, but um, Kirk Franklin said something about his daughter and somebody on there said uh, something about, I don't even know, I didn't even get it, but basically like kind of threatened him and he was like, yeah, come for us, I, I, I'm, I'm ready, I'm able to protect her. I complete, I gotta go back between services and look that up to tell the story better. But he's basically like, yeah, come on, see what happens, right? If you know that somebody's coming, and you can prepare for it, then man, you're good to go. But when you don't know the day, when you don't know the hour, that's a whole different story. Let me, let me use myself for example. Did I say I'm out of time? It is easier for me to stand up here and preach to you on a Sunday than sometimes having conversations in barbershops. I think I've talked to y'all about this recently, right? Like barbershops especially. I go to the barbershop, I'm like, hey, you're a pastor, right? Oh, boy. Because what they think is I got Genesis to Revelation memorized. So, so we've talked about this, right? So automatically I start, okay, for God so loved the world. Jesus wept. Right, like, like, because they could be asking me anything. They could be asking me about evolution. They could be asking me about Muhammad. They could be asking me about, you know, reincarnate. They could be asking me about anything, because I'm a pastor. And man, those are the moments that I got to be ready, even though I got to be ready for the unexpected. See, I know Sunday's coming. As fast as it comes, I know it's coming. I spend hours praying and preparing for what to say to you all. I'm ready for this. I'm prepared for this. It doesn't always come out the way I want it to. Hopefully that's just the way God wants it. But I'm prepared for this. 
I think as Christians, we prepare for certain things. But we got to be prepared for the unexpected, at the unexpected, at the unexpected time, at the unexpected location. Like if you don't know when Jesus is coming back, then how do you ever have moments where you're not ready? Like you got to always be ready because he could be coming back at any moment. At any moment he could be coming back. And so because you don't know when, you got to stay awake. You got to be ready. You're not like the man who knows when they're coming so that you can be prepared. It's easy to be ready for the expected moments. You got to stay ready for the unexpected moments. And in verse 44, he says, therefore, you also must be ready for the son of man is coming to an hour you do not expect. He's telling you it's going to be an hour that you do not expect, where culture is wicked, where they're unaware, where they're not listening, where God is going to find a few that have favor with him, that are right with him. And you gotta be ready for that moment. And the only way to be ready for that unexpected moment is to stay ready. We've talked about this, right? Like you don't have to get ready if you stay ready. So stay ready, stay connected. We talked about this the last several weeks, knowing that God is with you in every moment. And if he's with you in every moment, then you have the ability to be ready in every moment, not just to meet him, but to live your life. To, to just the same way that you're gonna be ready to eat when it's time to eat and drink when it's time to drink, um, that you're gonna be ready to sleep when it's time to sleep. Like you can be ready for the prepared moments, but be always ready. Be always ready. The Bible tells us a few ways to do this. It tells us, number one, to pray without ceasing. To always be in prayer. What does that mean? Does that mean like in a prayer? No, no, no. That just means in connection with God, speaking to God, listening to God. If you always stay connected with him, you'll always be ready. Listen, when people at the barbershop say, hey, you're a pastor, right? Let me ask you this question. At that moment, it's really not about what I've studied or what I remember. It is about... Am I praying without ceasing? Am I in this moment able to hear what God wants me to say? Because many times what they're asking, they don't really want the answer to. They're asking something much deeper. Many times when they're asking about, uh, about predestination or free will, what they really are asking is how do I get saved? When they're asking about reincarnation or what happens after you die, what they're really asking is, how do I have the assurance that I know God? And unless you're in connection with him, you're not gonna, you can answer the, correctly, the correct answer. You can give them the correct answer, but that, that may not be at all what they need. Man, we got to be ready. We got to stay ready. We don't know these moments that are coming, we don't know. We don't know. Just like Kobe and those passengers, they didn't know. They didn't know that was going to be their last helicopter ride, their last day, their last moment. They didn't know. The last thing I thought about that scenario was, I've never really heard anything about Kobe's faith and, <clears throat> and not, not good or bad, just, I just didn't know. And I immediately thought, being from Atlanta, um, about this guy named Dwight Howard. 
And so if you're a basketball fan, you know Dwight Howard. But Dwight Howard was a number one overall draft pick. He came out of a Christian high school that his dad was the athletic director. And, and it, like, it was a for real, for real Christian high school. And so Dwight Howard in high school, he was very vocal about being a Christian. As a matter of fact, he had, he had like these written out goals. And one of the goals was to get the entire NBA player, all the NBA players saved. And he was saying this. And he was saying this, you know, publicly. Um, not just locally, but, but nationally. Like he was very, very, very outspoken about his faith. And, and if you know anything about Kobe and his career in the Lakers, there was a time where they brought Dwight Howard to L.A. And they thought that Kobe and Dwight Howard were going to be like Kobe and Shaq and they were going to win championships. And it was a complete and total disaster. Now, I, I don't know and I wouldn't try to... Um, act like I knew or presume anything. I have no idea. Maybe, maybe Dwight Howard shared his faith and, and all. I have no idea. I don't, I don't know. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the scenario of, man, if this was his purpose, and Dwight Howard has publicly said, like, my purpose is to preach the gospel to the NBA. And you get to this moment where you're now a teammate of not just one of the best, but one of the most influential players in the history of basketball, one of the most influential people in culture. I just wonder, is one left in the field and one left in the middle and the other one's gone? At this point, I wonder if either one of them is left in the field or in the middle, which is a whole nother. But you know, you look back and you're like, man, all this is great, going to NBA finals, all-star games for Dwight Howard, all this, but I wonder... I'm not talking about Dwight Howard. I'm not talking about Kobe Bryant. I'm talking about me and you. I wonder at the end of your career when you retire, do you look back and say, oh, man, I made it 30 years. I made it however. Look at this great watch. Or do you look back and say, man, look at those people that now they're not going to be in the field anymore. They're not going to be in the mill anymore. (laughs) If they face that moment where it's inevitable, they know where they're going. Which one's more important? Which one's more valuable? I think it's clear. I think it's obvious. I don't know. I don't know anything about Kobe's faith uh, other than I've read reports that he actually went to mass and had communion that Sunday and was a regular there. That's between him and the Lord. I, I, just, I just want us this morning to have us focus and understanding. Man, you don't know the day. You don't know the hour. And that can feel like a heavy weight to try to live your life of like, Jesus, you're coming back now. Jesus, can you wait 15 minutes? Just not in the next 15 minutes. Let me finish this and give me a little time to repent. And then any time after that. But you don't know. And Jesus even says it will be the unexpected. So stay ready. Stay connected. Stay listening, stay praying, stay obeying. And man, when you do that, you don't ever have to worry. If it does come down to that inevitable moment, you can grab your loved ones. You can smile. Because Jesus has taken away the sting of death, the pain of death. So no matter how it happens, You're not going to feel the pain of it. All you're going to do is you're going to open your eyes and you're going to be with Jesus. 
It's going to be far greater. And you're going to be like, God, why did I have to stay there that long? But if you're not ready, if you're not making sure other people are ready, doesn't matter how many championships you have, how much money you have, how much accomplishments or accolades you have. I guarantee you, anybody on that plane who didn't know Jesus would trade all of whatever Kobe had and all that they had to have another opportunity not to live a better life, but to accept Jesus. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.